Hey y'all, welcome to episode 288 of the podcast with my very first boy of summer for 2018, Tony Hale. Now, I do feel like I need to acknowledge that this episode was recorded uh, actually weeks ago. It's something that I wanted to make sure I got done before I came to Atlanta. So needless to say, it was recorded uh, well, well before this sort of unfortunate uh, New York Times kerfuffle with the Arrested Development uh, press interview that um, raised some eyebrows and generated a tremendous amount of uh, talk uh, among in sort of in the journalism world and also in social media. Um, I just want to share with you the Tony that I have absolutely adored for many years and uh, say he's absolutely a terrific person and I just... Um, I couldn't feel better about having him be the first boy of summer this year. So I hope you enjoy a little deeper dive into some very fun and goofy uh, adolescent stuff with Tony. And uh, the other thing I want to say uh, just quickly, because it's on my mind, because I'm about to send off my vote by mail booklet for California is if that you are in an area that is looking at its primaries, uh, I encourage you strongly to vote. This is a time in which I have a lot of anxiety about our democratic system and its many, many flaws, but I do, I'm trying to lean into uh, continuing to stay involved and uh, and I would just say I you all my listeners are so fabulous and I want to make sure you're making your voices heard uh, as we stumble through this particular current climate. Okay, hope everybody's doing great and I will talk to you soon. Now entering... Uh, I think we've solved you. I started recording. We've already solved you. Thank goodness. I didn't realize this was a solving situation. Oh, yeah. 100% solving. I think of people as crosswords. I've just scratched the surface. Uh, No, no, no. We fixed you. We're done. Oh, really? Um, Just to recap, uh, (laughs) you're all set. You don't need to fix people anymore. Mm. And. God, my therapist is going to love. Actually, might not love that because I don't have to pay them anymore. Have you been seeing the same person for a really long time? Um, I've kind of been. Uh, I just on. want to quickly say that you're coquettishly <laughs> twisting the shoelace <laughs> of the, the drawstring <laughs> immediately. Uh, you haven't been doing it. And as soon as you started talking about dating your therapist, <laughs> you started twirling the string of your jacket. We actually, it was phone therapy. <laughs> this sounds like, this <laughs> sounds like a relationship. <laughs> um, because I like five years ago or something, somebody, my buddy was with this guy and this out of town and, and I was like, oh, bummer, it's out of town. But then I found out it was phone therapy. And so I did phone therapy and I actually much prefer phone therapy. Yeah. Rather than having the person's eyes gazing at you. Yeah. And you can write notes and not feel bad about it. So I had my computer in front of me. Oh, so so you would actually take like the like, oh, this person said something meaningful that I want to remember. And you would I have this whole list of stuff like when he would say, hey, whenever you find yourself, what if thing you say not now? And you guys so I would like type all these little tidbits that he would say. and I have them logged. 
So that's a more active therapist than the kind of like, why don't yeah. you just tell me yes. a bunch of stuff and then the and then the next response is like, and what do you feel about that? Exactly. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I do that with, I mean, friends, like we listen to each other and stuff, but I do like this therapy where it's, it's extra, there's like, it's active. Yeah, I like that. I do too. Uh, I feel like I, I the, my therapist who I've now been with uh, for many years, which was a marriage of convenience because I honestly was like, I need someone and I just don't want to drive to Beverly Hills because I don't know why everyone is in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And so I, I, I did the thing where I called SAG after and said like, this is my zip code. Give me five people who are within yeah. one mile. And did you find And she one? was the closest. And, and I was like, mom, we'll see how this goes. And has it gone well? I love her. Yeah. Good. I love her. But yeah, I think I said at the time, many years ago, I said, you know, I just, I do want someone who sort of more actively participates in solutions rather than me just verbal vomiting things yeah. and then going like, thanks for your time. Goodbye. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people do need that because they need that space. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. a space I need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you go every week? I, I don't really, I mean, I should, I mean, I have a standing appointment every week. It gets canceled a lot just because of work stuff and whatnot. But, but the phone thing is interesting because sometimes when I've been on set or something, I've, I've had phone calls with her and I, maybe because I'm so used to doing in-person stuff, I do get distracted. Like it's hard for me Mm. not to sort of go like, well, I guess I'll just go hands-free and do a load of laundry while I'm talking to her. Well, I'm yeah. Gavin. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's and also for years. I don't know if you experienced this too. It's, it was hard to justify because it's not cheap, right? And you just kind of go, oh, but then years later, you're like, oh, now you see the fruit of all that money. But it takes yeah. a while. So you didn't grow up kind of in a culture where people were saying, no. you know, try therapy or no, yeah, no, 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 no. Where, no. where, where did you grow up? Um. <laughs> I, I'm laughing just because I know this this podcast kind of dives into the uh-huh. childhood, <laughs> and I don't have that much of a memory. This like I know great. I knew where I, I I mean I know where I grew up, but well, we talked um, about this uh, at least in the when you were up at yeah, Sketchfest, you were like I have memories that start at a certain age, and everything and else is black. It's black. <laughs> um, it's gonna be great. I, so I might have been ritualistically abused. It's Who gonna, knows? It's gonna be great. Um, but I uh, okay. So my dad was in the army. And I was born in West Point. He taught at West Point. He, he went to West Point, taught at West Point, taught nuclear physics at West Point. Yeah. And then I was born there. And then we traveled around. I, I, I moved like seven times before the seventh grade. Well, that seems like it could be part of yeah. the, <laughs> but not, my bro- the need to just go like, ah, this is all a wash. But I talked to other army brats who have great memories. But we went to, we lived in Europe, Berlin and Heidelberg. Virginia, but and I kind of planted in the seventh grade in Tallahassee, Florida, and that's that's probably where my memories kind of kick in. Well, listen, we're lucky because I don't give a shit about anything earlier than ninth grade. But I don't want to hear it. The fact that you mentioned oh, really? the words seventh grade are offense. That's offensive oh to God, me. That's a cuss that's word. A, that's a cuss word. It's oh, so you don't even dive into me. middle school. Uh, I mean, listen, I could. I Sometimes those things kind of string together. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. I don't have a hard cutoff uh, yeah. one way or the other. Do you remember your but... whole... Do you remember sixth grade down pretty clear? Um, I, ha- I, oof, I, I remember... I certainly remember like my teacher's names for the most part. Okay. You got nothing. <laughs> Not even faces. Faces, no friends. <laughs> no environments. You don't some, know what you liked, what you didn't no, like. What some you, kind of spell was put over me, but I don't. But I just we're don't laughing, remember. but was there a time when you were like super creeped out by oh, the fact that you're? I mean, I've touched on this with so like yeah. so many. Th- 
like anytime a therapist hears that, they're like, <laughs> let's dive in. <laughs> if someone said like, listen, you got to be hypnotized ASAP. Yeah. We got to hypnotize you. I've done that, but it's nothing. Have you been really, hypnotized? I've yeah. And you're I like, I got a long nothing. time ago, but nothing really came up. I mean, aside from just kind of, but nothing like trauma. trauma. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I just, because I guess that's the go-to I is, I oh, clearly you're, yeah. I didn't remember. Yeah. Anyways, but you started ninth grade. I, I do, again, <laughs> again, there's no specific, but I do feel lucky that I don't focus on seventh, pre-seventh grade. My wife had a great middle, had great middle school year. She talks about it. She's like, I loved middle school. I feel like that she's in the minority. Oh my gosh, yeah. the minority. I, those were just dark times yeah <laughs> T- tallahassee tallahassee but it, the reason being i where moved, ta- sorry where's the tallahassee it's in the panhandle okay all right um <laughs> i'm a tallahassee if i'm honest lassie. i feel like oh, oh you're a tallahassee lassie yeah if i'm honest in my mind all of florida is a panhandle so i'm it's useless. like on the, it's on the upper part of kind of the panhandle okay. I, I, i've probably been saying it wrong for years but um i i see yeah, so we moved to tallahassee in the seventh grade and I was a kid who wasn't into sports, and the South is like, are you, where are you from? I'm from Arizona. Okay. The South is just, sports is everything, and I just wasn't into sports. My brother was into sports. He was in soccer, so he kind of found his people, and it just, it was a really weird feeling out of place, already feeling out of place because I was in a new space, and then my parents found this theater company called Young Actors Theater. <clears throat> and signed me up, and that was just a godsend. So that yeah. was, and that's really where I think that's most of my memories of, of Tallahassee. You're like, oh, I guess it's worth paying attention yeah. from here on out. Yeah. And yeah. was that so? Was that a local community theater where you were around adults and people your age, or was no. it principally it was young people? Young people. Yeah. So it was like middle school to high school. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what? Uh, why? What prompted them to do that? To that point, I mean, I know that they, you don't remember anything, but maybe you were, did they say to you, (laughs) no, listen, you don't remember anything about yourself. Even then, (laughs) even then as a seventh grader, if you're like, it's a wash guys, what was I like a year ago? (laughs) I am. Well, I remember my, our neighbors, the Staubers, they lived on Oldfield Drive with us and she went to this theater group and then we met them and they, they told us about it. And then, so then that's how we found out about it. And You're I like, perked up, and I think this? we actually, I actually auditioned with. I think I, <laughs> I think I sang "Singing in the Rain." Adorable. Yep, maybe in a raincoat. Uh-huh. And <laughs> make it real, make it real, and make it rain. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I, I just recently, I, I at this at the um, the SAG Awards, I brought my drum, my theater director who oh, who who started cool. the thing. She came with my wife and I. And I tell the story that she, uh, it was so great and it was so fun to have her there and very just surreal. And we get, she's doing this interview with me and I remember there was a show, Oliver, and and I really wanted this part, Artful Dodger. Well, sure. I like you say that like it's obscure. Oh, yeah. That the role is obscure. (laughs) And also that his first name was legally Artful and his last name was Dodger. (laughs) And so, um, and and I didn't get it and I was furious, but it's because I was, well, anyways, we're telling, she's telling the story on camera and she and, and the person goes, well, why didn't he get it? And she just goes, well, he was obnoxious. Oh, like it's a foregone conclusion. And I was like, wait, what, what's happening right now? But anyways, so. Well, wait a minute. First of all, that character is a bit obnoxious, so it could have been a great fit. I know. It could Did you been. get a different part? 
I think I was just I think I was just um an orphan. Or, another orphan. Yeah. Yeah. Nameless orphan. Um this makes that makes me think of every year for probably five or six years I dressed up like a hobo for Halloween. <laughs> And it's I had a, like it's a good go-to. I had like dirt on my face and like a bag with a stick. <laughs> Did you give yourself a little drunkard's yeah. nose? And I had a I, drunkard's nose, and I had a, <laughs> I had a I had a pillow in my shirt. <laughs> and I remember thinking, and now I think I'm like I was a homeless person <laughs> for Halloween. That is so atrocious. Did you have a bindle? Yeah, and oh, it's like adorable. every year you just think, ah, I, this is really fun. Let's do this again for five or six years, and I'm like, that is awful. <laughs> It's just awful. It is amazing that it never got old to you. Like, I'm sure you would see friends around you no. doing different things each year. And you were like, not I, me. I, I, I think it was at the time, like, because I, I was actually, I was telling this to someone and we were laughing about it. And they said, yeah, I was like, I would call it a street walker. And they dressed up oh, like no. a prostitute. Oh. But it was just kind of funny. Uh-huh. And you're like, not funny. Uh-huh. But I'm a homeless person and you were a prostitute. Like that's why did our parents? That, that is happen? the. I mean, the prostitute thing brings in a whole new level of discomfort yeah. because of the sexuality. But I think it's maybe it, just there wasn't. I, I was raised on a you know a base, or this was in small town Florida, and you're just like, you don't really didn't really see many homeless people, <laughs> you know, like clowns or no. There's it's a just more... a dirty clown. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a sense of like? Something that stretched beyond just the look of it, like oh, to just live out on the rails, you know, to open I, a can of beans for some reason. I over just, a huff, huff, a flaming <laughs> trash can. I just romanticized it. Seems great. Yeah. I think. Uh, I, I. I mean. I, I think it was just more of like I just thought it was cute. Like yeah. it was like, oh, let's just dirty up the face mm-hmm. and put a. I don't know. I, that's. I just remember. Well, I'm sure it was reinforced it. too. Like people probably must, sure. you know, did say like, "Look at this. Look at you. Yeah. Is that a bed? Do you have a little belly? Yeah. You don't have a home. <laughs> Do you want some candy? You don't have it. You haven't eaten in two weeks. Let me fill up your bag. Oh no! <laughs> Quick, don't leave any pies on the windowsill. Little Tony's coming around. He's a coming. The little drunkard's coming. Oh god. Oh, man. Oh, that's rich. Now, I do have to return to the Oliver question one second because uh, I do need to know if you recall that a Cockney accent was employed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Authenticity. Yeah, but uh, I wish I could see those. I'm sure those videotapes are somewhere because kids that age doing a Cockney accent is pretty... It's everything is just it's like they've practiced and prizes my It's just a series of I got punched in the gut and this is the sound Well what were some do you, what were some of the other so you stayed you said middle school all the way through high school seventh grade yeah cause it was, soon after I probably not soon after, probably like a year. So maybe in the eighth grade, I think I went into actors and then I was there through high school. Was there, did you feel like there was a kind of an upward swing of like, then I got better, then I got better, like, and then I, I got remember, this role and then I... Uh, yeah, I think I, I just remember being so, um, like, I just felt so at home. And I think the more I can, I was probably, if I'm thinking about it, I probably started off really obnoxious, like she's saying, <laughs> or maybe I stayed obnoxious, I don't remember, but... Because I was just so like trying to get people to like me, like, like me, like me, like, and I think probably once I got more comfortable, I started getting better roles. 
But initially I was just like, like me, like me, like me, like me, like me. And then I was yeah. probably really obnoxious. What, what, um, what, what roles did you end up with? I was Allie Hackam in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I was, uh, I remember we did a Grease where I was. Yeah, you did. I don't remember. I think I was the nerd kid. Oh, Eugene? Yeah. I was the mayor of Oz and Wizard of Oz. Oh. Um, I wanted the Scarecrow, but Billy Sutton got it. Billy Sutton. He's older, man. Well, we have a surprise for you. Billy, could you come in here, <laughs> Billy, please? No way. <laughs> He's still dressed as the Scarecrow. <laughs> Much like your ho- affection for hobos, just he walk, could never let just go. A, just a of, shame me. Of being a bag of straw. Um, And then who else? Hmm. I have to look at some cast group photos. I'm actually going to my high school reunion in oh, June. Nice. And have um, you been to one before? I have. I love going back because again, I don't even. I mean, sixth grade down obviously is a black hole, but um, <laughs> even like eighth grade to middle school, it's not totally clear. Yeah. And so I'd like to go back just to kind of walk around town and walk around the high school, walk around this theater company. It, it jogs memories, you know, Governor Square Mall, which I love because mm-hmm. I love a good mall. Uh-huh. And indoor or outdoor? Oh, uh, indoor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I like it's a it's a nice it's a womb. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a retail womb. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, is it a is it an upper scale or is it more no, of just like how no, you grew no. up? Yeah, like a Claire's it's, boutique. I, they, it might have it might <laughs> it might have gotten better. But there's always a Great American Cookie Company. Do you mm. know what that is? Uh, no, I think we just had Mrs. Fields. Oh, that was sort okay. of the well, go-to. That's, that's blasphemy. Because uh-huh. <laughs> Great American Cookie Company, there's something about their cookies, and they always had. Well, a they're more patriotic. Cake. The more patri- patriotic, and they just had this cookie cake that you always got for your birthday. Yeah. And that's for some reason that anytime I see one, I just have this nostalgia. Of like, yeah wanting one i walked i i worked uh when i was like 1920 i worked on chestnut street in san francisco at the pottery barn and across the street was a mrs fields and then oh. a few doors down was a noah's bagels and i don't know how i survived on just eating those things yeah but that was like my go-to i would have like a bagel sandwich yeah where it was like, you know what? Slather some butter and cream cheese. Yeah. Throw some Swiss cheese on there. Let's do like the turkey and cucumber. Yep. And then eat that and then be like... Maybe. I, maybe I, turkey and Maybe turkey. Yeah, just whatever the healthy stuff is. And then I'll go across the street for like a cookie sandwich yeah. with just an inch layer of frosting in between. Oh, so good. And that's the way... That's what... That was it. That was my... The, that's what I ate. And those are called... Um, d- uh, oh, there's a word for the double doozies at Great American Cookie Company. Yeah, but I remember at, at Noah's Bagels, they're everything bagel with some chicken salad in the middle. Nothing I have, wrong with it. Uh, yeah, I have some food sensory about that. Yeah, <laughs> some some sensuality I, reminders. A, I, I remember that. What? Uh, yeah, I, I'm from Arizona, as I said, and and I would say malls are also were very important to me because in 110 degree weather. If you're a kid with no money, like walking around the mall is about all you got. And there's something very freeing about it. And mm-hmm. the sad thing is I have, I, I and I'm not kidding, I do have this affection for malls. And my I don't really hike with my daughter, but uh-huh. since she has walked, we have gone to the mall. <laughs> and I remember her, she might have even learned to walk at the mall. Uh-huh. Like uh, we'd always go to those indoor playgrounds and she'd wobble around. And 
now she's 12. Her birthday party was just at the mall. We did an amazing no, race. It was? Yeah, we did an amazing <gasps> race thing at the mall. Oh, I need to hear more about this because that's very exciting. Yeah, I we, love a scavenger got, hunt. We got clues and all this kind of stuff. And Have you done any of the city race stuff that's Mm-mm. in the... Oh, really? that would be fun for you guys. Really? I bet. There's, a, there's a company. It's the same company that does the escape rooms that are downtown oh, that are yeah, also yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. They just do a really nice job. But they have a race that takes place at Disneyland. That's mm. like Disneyland sanctioned. Yep, yep. They have one that takes place at California Adventure. They have one that's sort of quote unquote citywide where it is more like the mm-hmm. amazing race. And then they have little pockets of ones where it's like you can do it on foot. It's like Culver City and you can kind of run around in Culver or oh, or uh, old Pasadena. And you'll they give you a clue packet and an answer sheet and you go around and try to, you know, answer quite it'll be like, How many mermaids are on the la la la? Oh, um, really it's fun. really fun. And it's, it's called really City fun. what? City Race LA. City, City Race. Race. Yeah. Oh, we'll to- and so all the little sections are. We could totally do it's, that. It's really cute. It's neat. They've, it's, a, it's a super fun activity. I get really into it. And I have, I, we just, I, I haven't been to the escape rooms, but that my family has, and I'm, I, we're going to try and do it. People really like those. Yeah. Those ones there are good. They're pretty hard. Some are easy yeah. and some are. Were you a fan of haunted houses though growing up? I mean, like you like that. I'm not. I don't. This is not a, a haunted house, but there's something about. I, I associated it when I first heard about. It, I was like, oh, it sounds kind of creepy, but I well, do it not stressful. like stressful. Yeah. yeah, no. I well, I have. Um, I don't really have it any more per se, but I still I, I get flare ups when there's an experience that I'm nervous about not having any control in. And so when I heard escape room, I was like, oh, that's gonna make me want to leave. Like I don't feel like I'm claustrophobic. But if you've ever had panic attacks, the only thing you care about is, will I have one? It doesn't matter where or when. It's the anticipation of one. It's the anticipation of one. So I did kind of say like, oh, I don't think so. And then finally someone was like, oh, no, no, no. It's a room with puzzles and you can you could leave whenever you want yeah and there there are some that lean into the like as there is this a zombie theme or it's you yeah. know it's really dark and there's like loud red lights that come on if you want that that exists but most mm. of the ones yeah. that i go to are like it's neat because if you're a person who's drawn to the theater yeah. or drawn to making movies or, or anything you probably still have that childlike interest in like they transformed this room how cool it's like yeah, we're in a cave yeah, yeah. with mysteries <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you are trying to solve puzzles and before yeah. you know it you're either done because you got more, it or you're not done i want it. more goonies than i yeah, want like there's lots of goonies uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of panic attack, my first panic attack was in high school. Oh, yeah? Mine yeah. was right after high school. It Let's was talk about it. Because tr- <laughs> I've, I'm obviously, I guess you too, but I've had a history of anxiety mm-hmm. and um, hence <laughs> most of my characters being anxiety-based. <laughs> um, but my, we were doing, uh, at, the, at the high school, because I also did theater at the high school, we were doing um, Cotton, no, not Cotton Patch Gospel, um, uh, Little Abner. And I was uh, Mary and Sam. And I remember I had a solo and I was a little nervous about the solo, but I didn't really think about it. And I had really bad asthma as a kid. And uh, in the middle of the song, I just froze. And all the only reference I had was asthma. So I was like, oh, I'm having an asthma attack. So I ran off and took my inhaler in the <laughs> middle of the song, ran back on and nothing was fixed. And you're just oh, like, oh, my God. Oh my gosh. And you, and you don't, you have no, back then, this was decades ago. No one talked about panic attacks or anxiety. And it was the sense of, 
I don't know what's happening yeah. to me. Yeah. And then that became the marker of, you know, and by the grace of God, like for over a decade, I've had a lot of great, you know, tools to use. Mm-hmm. But back then you're just like, a obvious the obvious thing of like I'm clear something's wrong I'm having a heart attack and all that kind of stuff but it's like that it's amazing the anticipation of it yeah. it's never the actual act yeah I mean the whole nothing to fear but fear itself becomes like yeah. grossly inflated and understood when yeah. you have that experience and my experience was less that I that physical and more mental so for me I felt like I was going crazy sure so it was it was that it was like I don't know what this is. I'm going to end up in a padded room. Like why? And why <laughs> oh, am I yeah. co- going out of my body yeah. in, on some level yeah. feeling like I don't understand how to use my own yeah. body? Yeah. It's that whole fight <laughs> or flight. It's just a constant yeah. fight or flight. Yeah. And this, because of that experience, the when I was living in New York, opening night always became this, uh, once, I was, once I was on a show, like once I was past opening night, I was like, great. But the anticipation of opening night, that that's when something's going to happen. I think it's stunning. And I'm, I'm sure this is like a thing you've been told your entire life. But it's stunning that you started experiencing them that young and that you still were willing to push through to be in plays. Because for sure, for me, there was a point where that's when I knew I was in big trouble. When I, got, when I was having them in college and I got cast as Heidi in the Heidi Chronicles and she has there's like a five page Mm. speech Mm. that's just her at a podium Mm. and I was like I got nothing like if I freak out Oh, that is. I got nothing. Like, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm just. And then you start thinking, I'm going to ruin it for everybody else. I'm going to ruin it. It's going to be. I'm going to be so ashamed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that really, you know, that made live theater very, very scary to me. So scary. And then, and so shooting stuff feels easier because you can always be like, I got something in my eye. You know, if you needed to, if you needed to, cut to an oxygen tank. I got that. This I got to get in the iron lung for five minutes stops. Five minutes stops. Yeah, <laughs> they roll in a massive <laughs> cylinder. But that is not to make it about me. That's no, really yes. impressive. The idea that you would think, God, I hope this doesn't happen. Every time you sign it, you must like. Well, that's I will t- t- you're very tough. That's got true grit in it, sure. and also obviously a true love of performing. I do love, but in all honesty, after high school, I went to college and I did not study theater, and I don't. I attributed to the, you know, I didn't know if I could make a career out of theater, but if I'm honest, I think I just had such an anxiety about it. And then after college, I was actually an intern as a youth minister in Florida for about seven months. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh And then I started studying. Then I was like, you know, I'm going to dip my toe back into it. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Virginia to to study a little bit acting. And then, but I used that time as just like, I am absolutely terrified. And just even getting on stage, I was like, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Because I remember being in college. I don't know if you had these experiences, but I was... I was going to like a conference of something and we were all in a bus and I had my inhaler, but I remember thinking, I, if something happens, I can't get to a hospital. You know, it was like that kind of like, Absolutely. and it was, and it was just I still like, have that sometimes. Oh, sure, and I, sure. and I, it is, it's something to get over. It's like, oh, I'm going to this cabin in like Arrowhead. What if, right. and then you sort of, as right. you get older, you're like, I don't know what the end of that sentence right. is. So I just need to go. Not now. Yeah. You <laughs> not know what now. I mean? I'm not going to totally. think about like, what is that? Totally. What and are my, the chances that I'm really going to have to deal with this? And my, I remember this, this, the, actually the woman that I interned for uh, at this in this youth ministry in this at this church, 
I would talk to her about this panic anxiety and, and cause I would, I would also talk about elevators. I was like, Oh man, what if I were to have an asthma attack or, and it was like panic thing. Oh no, if I would have a panic attack and she was so full of grace and, and back then no one really talked about it and she was, she totally understood it, but she told me something too. She's like, well, let's play that out. She said, so say you do, you pass out and then you wake up and you feel better than you did before. You're, you're breathing normal because your body's not going to stop breathing. Yeah. You know, it's like, and so you just kind of allowed yourself to play it out a little bit. Yeah. More. Yeah. I think that there's, I have a, a couple of friends or people that I've met, you know, just through the podcast or sometimes people write me cause I've been very vocal about having those kinds of things. <clears throat> And I and and it's tough because like when a young person writes me, there mm. is something to just saying like I remember being told this. Even my mom, who I had never really articulated for her that it was that kind of anxiety, she mm. would just talk about like more. I think for her, it manifested more as just depression. Sure, sure. But um, that that there is this also this sort of like it feels so unhelpful for someone to be like but also like you just live with it and then it just loses its power and when it has that power that seems impossible mm. and it seems super unhelpful it mm. seems like no 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 give me the shot in my arm that will make this yes. go away yes 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 but yes. so it's one of those like you don't know it, it's one of those like cycles that just happens over and over for people where now I'm old enough to say no but honestly like there is something to that it's just the that you rack up the experience of mm. getting over over it mm-hmm. and then it some for many people like me it gets mm-hmm. easier to just skip past the panic attack yes. and go okay i see where this is going mm-hmm. i've done this before mm-hmm. uh, let's skip it and let's just get to the other side and yeah. then you you can yeah. but you kind of have to go through it's like getting used to stuff it's sort of this it like is. you know and it doesn't feel like you can ever get used to that right but it's i'm sure you've been told this too just kind of letting the wave wash over you yeah and I'll never forget, this was probably about a couple years ago, because every now and then you get those panicky feelings. And I was doing, I was about to do Conan, and the curtain, I remember the curtain was about to open to let me out, and that that panic Oh my hit God, me. It's, dr- it's dread, too. It's and it's sort dread, of, and it's, it's like a weight. And that's live television. Yeah. No, it's, not, it's pre-taped, but it feels like, what am I going to do, what run are you off? Do? What yeah, am I going to do, run off stage? And I tell you, the, the grace of God is I... If it was, you know, seven, eight years before that, I would have been like, we got to call this off yeah. because you don't know. But then the, the cool thing is because of these tools that we each have been taught, there was two things, a sitting in it and being like, all right, here's that feeling again, this is going to wash. And there were these two guys sitting, standing next to the curtain who opened the curtain and I just started asking them questions yeah. like, oh, wait, so how long have you guys been working yes. here? I said, and I remember specifically saying, oh, I would love for someone to do a documentary about people coming up like for you guys, like yeah. what you guys go the through. The moment right before. Yeah. And you just like, but it was like, oh, so where are you from? Da, da, da. And it was like, oh, I need yeah. to get my eyes off myself. Yes. And then it passed yes. and then I went out. You, you got, know? you dropped back into your body and yes. you, you engaged. I completely relate. Yeah. 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 I had that happen. I think I've told the story maybe once before, probably to Annie Savage, who's in the thrilling adventure hour because she also has panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And the, I had one, I had a moment like that a couple of years ago when I was on stage doing thrilling and I was doing a scene with Mark Evan Jackson and thank God it's like, especially when it's people you trust. But again, it yeah. was like a live show. There's really no. Yeah. And I think part of, I, uh, not to rehash this for people I've mentioned this, you know, on the podcast before, but when you are smart enough to have 
the ability to have two different conversations in the back yeah. of your head plus reading lines yeah. to be able to do that Ooh. is like a curse yeah. because to be able to like continue to read lines hear your own voice talking and in the back going yeah. what am I going to do should I just look? I can't run off I'm saying words right now I can't just yeah. run off stage What yeah. should I pretend to pass out people would understand that better somehow <laughs> totally. than totally. if I ran away and I just and I felt my hands get clammy and I just reached oh, out yes. and luckily the scene was like we were a couple mm -hmm. And I just reached out and I just took Mark and I just held his arm mm. probably very tightly. Yeah. And, but like just feeling him and checking in with that and being like, Hey, no, listen to what his character is saying. Just cause you have the words in front of you yeah, doesn't yeah, mean yeah. you shouldn't be here. And, yeah. And, and think about him and think about how much you like being here and think yeah. about how all these people in the crowd, if you ran off or if something happened to you, all they would care about was your well-being. They would <laughs> yeah, just be yeah, like, yeah. I hope she's okay. Yeah. And this even is if not they, a world of people who are like, let me goss about this. Like, oh, let's all. But even what? if they didn't, that's yeah. going to that place. There are people, so many people in our lives that would still deeply care for us. Absolutely. Because you just go to this and you're in that spiral of just like, this is going to be the worst thing ever. Yeah. And it's, I love that you touched his arm because another thing is like, you like you touch stuff around you, like yeah. even like your leg or your other yeah. hand, or just to ground yourself. Yes, absolutely. You know? uh, uh, I these love guys know this, but I, I know I do too. It's so juicy, it's so visceral, <laughs> and it's also like you're kind of like teasing it to happen. You're like, oh, I'm thinking so much about yeah. what this feels like, but yeah. I'm not going to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I used to stand on the outsides of my feet in college. Uh -huh. When I was standing, I would start to feel kind of like I'm not here. I'm going to disappear. Or, I'm going to freak mm. out or whatever. And just kind of standing and putting the pressure on a part of your foot oh. that you wouldn't normally oh, need. that's good. Would like, I'd be like, this isn't super comfortable. And, but I would have to focus on yeah. staying balanced. And that kind of kept me in my body and in a way. it put the energy somewhere else. It put the energy somewhere else. I know when you were saying Heidi Chronicles, I remember doing this commercial, it was maybe Motorola. This was so many years ago. I mean, I think Motorola says it all. <laughs> Exactly. It was, it was, it was a Motorola commercial. But I was, I remember we shot it at some ski place and there was a ton of snow and I was on this mountain and it was just me and like 10 other crew members on this mountain. And it was like, so you go in your head of like, I'm sure you've done this. So much money is being put into this day. Of course. You're doing this thing. You're I'm, on a mountain. You have asthma. Yeah. The air is already thinner up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're thinking about of what course. if I can't breathe? And you just, and I mean, the amount of prayers of just like, God, I give this. Because it's, you just don't know what to do with that space. And all, and I tell you, the I remember there is this really kind of cheesy, but she said some interesting things there's this uh, female kind of evangelist named Joyce Myers and she, um, she said this quote once that somebody sent me me this and I, I I think I thought about it when I was over there doing this commercial and she said you know what whenever you're feeling freaked out da 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 just do it afraid and she and you and I just kept on thinking like do it afraid do it afraid because our society is so much about kind of coming to that place of come to that place of peace and then when you're ready you do this mm -hmm. it's like that's just it does it's not life a lot of times mm -hmm. absolutely many times you're gonna have all sorts of feelings but you still do it you yeah. still do it afraid I think just that's with all great. those feelings you that's know? great and that's what people who are. I mean, the total cliche of like people who are assigned the role of hero after the fact 
typically are not like, yeah, you know what? I just waited till I felt super strong about it. Yeah. I felt great. I felt, I just felt very centered and focused. And yeah. that's when I was able to save that life was yeah. in that place <laughs> Yeah. rather than like, oh exactly. no, I was, I didn't want to be there at all, yeah. but what was I going to do? But don't you kind of feel like our, I mean, this might be me, but I feel like we're taught that of like, get it, like prepare yourself, Absolutely. get into this place, get into this place, even like acting many acting acts and not that they're bad but it's just like get to that place of relaxation get to this right. place and then you'll be free to and I'm thinking my body doesn't naturally go to this Absolutely. space I don't I don't need to when I hear these teachers telling me like really relax and then free I'm like I'm thinking I'm gonna lose my shit on yes. stage yes. I can't get to that space I just gotta yeah. keep walking yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely know? and that and the, the the sort of I think that maybe the maybe for you too what ended up being because this is a cousin to do it afraid is when the first time someone tells you hey that adrenaline that you're feeling is fear but you can turn it into excitement yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of a cliche yeah. for people with stage fright even if you they wouldn't be categorized as panic attacks sure it's that feeling of like you this feels to you like you're afraid but it's so close to being excited yes. can you because then you can keep that yeah. feeling of yeah. being charged rather yeah. than like no let that all go and just melt you're just going to be so relaxed like i can't get there that fast no then it's like no let that be and let that power well, you, you can forward. at least call it something different exactly i think that's exactly. kind of cool like even if i don't know how to morph it but i can say hey i'm going to name this as excitement rather than yes. anxiety i'm going to say i've got an excited yeah. energy and there is power to words yeah i absolutely agree with that yeah, yeah. and i feel like that was something that worked for me with like because i did in my mid-20s i became afraid to fly and it wasn't sure. it was new it wasn't like uh you know and it was i what if i have a panic attack and i'm trapped in the sure, air yeah I, it's almost you did know? you have the thing I remember, this is an awful thought but i remember having the think thought when i was having anxiety on planes thinking people are like oh no it's okay the plane's not gonna go down i'm like no no I'd, not I'd, I... I'd rather yeah. go down <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'd rather we're all in this together yeah, rather just, than hey, just me going crazy. Let's just crazy. emergency land here, yeah, guys. Yeah. I can get off the plane. Totally. No, I remember I would have moments where I'd be like, should I tell the store? Like, should I ask the stewardess if she has like a shot that she can like give me that will cause me to? Because yeah. otherwise, if I'm just freaking out, yeah, <laughs> whatever. It will is. she be able to like drug me so we can continue <laughs> with the flight? If I'm just like, go, yeah. I, if I just am like, I can't sit down. I yeah, can't sit down. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, same thing. Like, no, 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 I, I can't explain. I'm not worried about, I'm sure they're fine. Like yeah, the pilots yeah, yeah. are fine. I'm not worried yeah, that we're yeah, going to, yeah. I'm just care. I only yeah. care about this myself. This is a steel <laughs> container in the sky that I can't get out. Yeah, exactly. So how did you make it? Do you remember how you walked through that opening night of Heidi Chronicles? Like how you, what tools you used? Or oh, did you? Well, <laughs> well, I. that's a big, in that space. Yeah. When you're dealing with that, that's a big role. Well, here's, here's what happened for me was that I ended up, um, with a therapist. I just got so lucky or, you know, by the grace of the universe or God or yeah, whatever, yeah. uh, being connected to a therapist who, um, was very able to identify very quickly what my form of anxiety mm. was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so she actually did say, you know, she was a therapist who worked in conjunction with a psychiatrist and they did put me on like the lowest dosage of Prozac because that's yeah. all there was back then. Yeah, it was like, you course. can either have an anti-anxiety that'll make you sleep yeah, or let's see if maybe this will kind of mitigate, take the edge off, the edge off. Yeah. And, um, and it did. And I Great. just became 
less afraid that that was going to happen. And I stopped having panic attacks. And then shortly thereafter, it turned out that like it was a bad combination with the sort of ADD that I have. And I dropped out of school. (laughs) I was like, this is great. Also, I'm suddenly realizing I don't think I need to be in school. This is dumb. What a weird construct. You know what? I think if I just make brownies all the time and hang out and and Flagstaff and have a job and stuff, I'll probably be good. Like I, my energy was so, it went through the, it was not the right drug for me long term. Yeah. Um, And so I I had to go off it, but have you, I'm sure you've, there's an associate, there's a there there's a, probably an association with ADD. This is yeah. probably a flat fact yeah. that I'm just everybody knows. But with anxiety, there's too much. I mean, I'm sure I it's have too much a form and hyperstimulation and way hyperstimulation. And you, you and I being too empathetic, all of those way things. too empathetic. Like I walk in a room and membranes. feel everything. Yeah, thin you know? thin membranes. Yeah, so that has to be connected. I think somewhere. you're absolutely right. What about so when you are. When you finally kind of find your place in high school and you're an adorable young man with asthma who is involved in theater. Yeah, which is so like, the guy that <laughs> the guy that plays the characters I play, it's like, well, of course that was your history. <laughs> we all all of us are secretly hoping that you're like, listen, so I was a quarterback and uh, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually it was weird. I was like, I went to knife school. <laughs> I spent a lot of time just throwing knives. The closest to that is I wanted to be the mascot, I remember, and I didn't get it. I wanted to be Leo the Lion for Leon High School. Didn't get it. Did you listen to that? There's a... I'm sure it's This American Life because it usually is when I'm thinking of something. But there's a story about the little girl who's incredibly shy who becomes an entirely different person when she puts on this... She's like a tiger mascot and she just is... It's it's a so great story. Sweet. Yeah, I can't remember if it's like it might have to do with. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to figure out what the theme of that episode was. But if you if you were to Google it, but it's great because it sort of does dig into that idea of like mm. when you can if you can be someone else to that extreme. Yeah, and there's I'm I mean I also I think acting I mean it's so based in you know I think wanting to be known and wanting to get attention, but. I remember just in high school, there was when I heard people laugh like on stage, or when I heard people, it was so, it just fed me, and I'm, I don't know why I just thought about this too. I was when I went into high school, my brother was a senior in high school, and I so desperately wanted people to know that he was my brother, so I could his friends would like me, that I would walk up to him in the middle of high school and be like, "Hey, mom wanted me to give you this pencil." <laughs> And then he would just like be so mad at me and I'd hand him the pencil and then I'm not kidding. The next day I'd be like, Hey mom said you forgot your lunch. So your approach was the exact opposite of what would be effective. You're bringing up his mom. Oh yeah, totally. It was awful. And it was, but then all the girls. It's not like you were like, Hey buddy, here's that pack of cigarettes. No. And all his friends, all the girls just be like, Oh, is this your little brother? And I would just beam and he would just have a death stare. But we did it. So it worked. Yeah. I mean, I remember kind of, but it was like, it got around that I was his little brother and we were, we were polar opposites. Yeah. He's like a, how he shrewd like a, of you to be like, hold on here. Oh, yeah. I think I have a I connection. I got a network. I'm a good businessman. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a big soccer jock and I was like a quirky, you know, little asthmatic kid. <laughs> Wait, do you have other siblings? Did you say I have? I have a sister who's eight years older eight years than older. me. Yeah, and she's uh, my brother. And my sister are just fantastic. My sister's a social worker in Raleigh, North Carolina, and my brother is a lawyer in Atlanta. 
Um, did and so he had girlfriends and stuff. Did yeah? I mean, did all, you get into the? I really dabble. I, I did. I mean, I think I was. I did all the dances. Um, I, looking at those pictures, where you know, I all the girls were taller than me. You know, it's which just, you're tall now, so you must. Yeah, have, I, I had a growth spurt yeah. like junior, senior. Yeah. But I just and but it was and I would always take the girls from the theater group into the high school. But it was that like we were like everything was high drama. Yeah. Um, I probably didn't start dating dating until I would say college or something like that. But yeah. High school was just this like, I mean, I don't know if you had them, but high school dances were like big. Like yeah. we would always have these massive high school dances. We'd all just go in groups and it was fun. I didn't, I went, I, I was, I, I won't bore the listener with this because everyone knows, but I, I, I went like goth and punk Did you? In, for, for a lot of high school. So I was going to like all ages clubs and very not involved in anything. So I could not tell you other than prom if there were dances at my high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah I did yeah. go to my prom. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I had no sense of like football or anything like that. Um, you and know. Were you, and was it something your parents were worried about? No. Well, con- I mean, my parents were divorced and I think I had that cliche where like my mom saw all the worst in me and my dad saw all the best so mm. they felt like they had two different daughters yeah 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 um which is fair like to sure. a degree it's fair i think sure. i did kind of how you old know. were you when they divorced uh i was really little when they separated mm. so i don't really have memories of them together and neither mm. ever remarried so it was mm. you know sort of mm. and my dad had primary custody of me so so mm. um but uh but yeah, so I didn't have that quite that same experience. But I didn't know if you were going to say that you were the, the, I mean, the next cliche that goes on the list uh, that follows being asthmatic and having a brother who's into soccer would be like, well, the girls I had crushes on were like, oh, he's like my brother. I love him. Yeah. Well, he's I think, great. I wouldn't want to kiss him, but what a doll. I love well, I talking think, about other guys I like to him. I think that was kind of the case. But I mean, to talk about my brokenness, which I love. I so desperately wanted people to like me that I I I don't I just became whoever anybody needed with each group. Like it was like if it was the goth kids, I was like, I'll be really deep. If it was like the, I mean, I I wanted so desperately for all like the cool kids to like me. So I got kind of popular towards the end of high school, and I tell this story also. This is the this is the low of the low. When I went, this is middle school though. When I went into middle school, there was a girl I really really liked. I won't say her name. Oh, I'm just going to cut out this whole middle school part anyway because it doesn't okay. fit in that. Crap. But this shows this shows my brokenness. Her mom had passed away um, re- recently, and I told her that my sister had died. Just what a wonderful little sociopath. Just so we had some sort of connection. Yeah, that's how dark I was. I and first needy. of all. I applaud you for being ballsy enough to tell that story. It's, I think I told it on Conan. Actually, it's, it's it is a little. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's awful. It's, it's awful. And to this but, day, I think she I thinks I have a dead sister. I can, <laughs> <laughs> because I just I was new to the school. Oh I was new to Tallahassee, gosh. and I was like, "How can I connect with her?" And I just randomly said, "Well, my and sister." And then you have to. Sister. Then you can't back. You can't back and off I can't back, that. And by the way, she she didn't care. She didn't yeah. care. She thought I was you know whatever. Da da da. So. And then I had to hold on to that. She went to the same high school as me. So I had to hold on the whole time that I had a sister who passed away for the next How five years. How many people knew that fake fact about you? Because your brother went to, yeah, she somehow must have not come sure up much. Some, I'm sure some, she might have said it 
if she even remembered right so, to, to someone right and then but my sister being eight years older was never around so maybe she thought she was dead <laughs> like it's so awful what did you tell her happened I don't even remember. I think I must have. I just said, you know, she passed away. Like, <laughs> you never gave an actual. Actually, but I don't remember. I just remember telling her that. Yeah. Just to connect. Because she was the popular. Right. Cool girl. But it wasn't like then care. that became the focus of conversations. It was like, oh, we have this in common. Me, But I thought, oh, this is going to really bond right, us. I'm right. going to kind of get in with. She didn't care. And now I have to hold this weight for the next five years. <laughs> I mean, it's just brokenness at its peak. Oh, if this were this, they wouldn't even have made this into a movie. Like with Breaking Away, for example, which is a great movie. Uh, you know, the character is very like uh, this is very romantic comedy conceit, mm-hmm. right? That the that the scrappy guy who has a crush on the most yeah, beautiful yeah, girl yeah. has to pretend he's an Italian exchange student. And then right. at what point is he going to have to tell her, right? Because that's yeah, your yeah, act yeah. three. And yeah. the movie is like, you tell her and then she hates you and then you win her back by the end. Yeah, no. And you couldn't have, you would never have, no, like if, if, if you had really gotten close about yeah. it and then you had told her that, there's no act four. Like she's like, you're a you psycho. Also, if they heard this story, the studio would be like, that's too dark. We're not, <laughs> totally. we're not putting that in the movie. Totally. No one would do that. No one successful who would ever. Yeah. That reminds uh, me of this when people ask me about Veep and they say, oh, what do you think about Trump? And I'm always like, if HBO wrote, if the writers wrote a character I like know. Trump, you Never know, get made. five years ago, HBO would have been like, ah, that's too broad. It's not believable. It's not believable. I know. <laughs> I know. We live in you a know? satire. We live in <clears throat> we live in a satire so satirical that it would never be made. I mean, it's like you watch Selena on Veep and then you see some of the stuff he does and you're like, wow, that's yeah. just alarming. Yeah. Is that something that it, it has been a side effect of kind of what you do? Is like people feel more like they should or want to talk about actual politics with you? Uh, I've never really been into politics, so I don't have, I don't know much about like different people's titles and all that kind of like all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, I think what I I think what I like to talk about is I like to talk about the humanity of it. You know, yeah. I think with politics or anybody really, celebrities or whatever, we we put them on this pedestal, and that's why I like conversations like this. Not that I'm a massive celebrity, but it's just the sense of with Veep, you look behind the curtain and you look at these people have tremendous insecurities. They probably right. scream at their assistant. They, you know, and then they and then they go on and do these perfect speeches, and it's yeah. like that's just not. No one can match that expectation. Yeah. It's just not normal. Yeah, you know? agreed. Agreed. No, I, I think, well, and that's sort of, the, that's the empathy thing too, right? Which is like, if mm. there's a way you can humanize uh, even like studio executives and stuff, yeah. like it gets, it's fun yeah. to be like, oh, that suit who, does, they'll never understand the blah, blah, blah. But as soon as you sort of peel that back and go yeah. like, God, how stressful to work in a place where you're constantly sure you're going to get fired. You don't yeah. know if, like, you, I'm sure that, that there are so many places in show business, um, not just on the creative side, but on the executive side where you're, you have that like um, poser the paranoia. Like when is everyone going to realize Everybody that I don't know what it. the hell I'm doing, and you know? There's a quote that my wife has. It's like every everybody's cup of suffering is full. And it's just the sense yeah. of, and even like you think we were talking a little bit about this, but it's like with, with act or, you know, people look at fame and I, I think it's based in wanting to be known. Like everybody wants to be known and they look at, they look at people look at fame and think it's the ultimate being known because everybody wants to be known. 
But it's the opposite. Right. It's the opposite because you look at someone like a Brad Pitt, he lives, he's in isolation. Right. He he cannot freely walk into a space and be known right. because there's strings attached. He doesn't know what people, someone's motives is. Yeah. So then you look at someone in Birmingham, Alabama, who's working at, you know, the 7-Eleven or whatever, that person can freely walk into a space and whatever's given to them emotionally, whatever, is a gift. They yeah. can be known. So they're more known than someone like Brad Pitt. I couldn't agree more. You know? I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's a real, it's, and yeah, and again, it's like there's, there's a, there's I'm a, not saying like poor us. I'm just saying like, I'm not saying that at all. No, no, no. But it's the I, thing of, I like to kind of, people's ideas of fame and stuff it's fun it's fun actually to talk about to you know because it's when you pick it apart and like these people literally live on compounds yeah just because they're isolating themselves from society because that's where they feel safe that is that is the opposite of being known (laughs) it's like the extreme opposite it's absolutely right and i agree it's not it's not for us it's more just like Let's deconstruct yeah. what might seem like a thing, but is the exact opposite, yeah. which is which is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, and that's why you sort of look at like people have also have a fascination with with like some people. I mean, when you're that level, that's tough. But like the sort of people always use New York as an example, but like the people who are like. I am no, I am still going to ride the subway and I am still going to be the person that's at the grocery store without makeup because somehow that's in protest in a way. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm a real person. And whatever that stress level is going to be, if someone, if I keep getting approached or whatever that is, that that somehow still for them is important. Yeah. To not so because because they still need that feeling of being regular known like yeah I'm just a I'm just a person oh totally and they and uh, but you also you take it away from kind of our business you know the ultimate businessman the old thing the the thing is everybody's trying to fill some kind of void right because the fact is it is never enough right you know the person who has billions of dollars I promise you they're thinking it's never enough yeah and then you ask the question what are you trying and they're going oh if i have this if i have this it's that's just never then you're gonna get to the end of your life and look back and be like it was always never enough never enough yeah and i'm saying this struggling with myself like it's like i have to practice being present and be like this is this is this this is my big thing is talking to janet right now this is the big thing yeah you know well that's why i that's that's actually turned into an oprah podcast no it it probably was one to start to be honest with you uh anyone listening to this is like who has listened to any other episode is like so this is Janet's dream person to talk. Like this is exactly why she started the podcast. Now he's chewing on the string of his. Uh, well, I went from it's adorable. To, <laughs> no, it's I do. Adorable. I always chew on. Do you? I, this might have been an anxiety thing. Was a kid. My shirts were always like wet around the collar. <laughs> And then, like my strings, my jacket, yeah, always, always bite. I don't. I I'm trying to think. I uh, I don't know that I had like an oral thing. I think it was more like maybe like picking. You know Did what I mean? Like I didn't nails? bite my nails, but I would like pick the cute. You know, so maybe I'd more of a nails. picking than a biting. And it's so it's so not subconscious because I do it, but it, I I I'm still amazed to this day, decades and decades later, have biting my nails. That I look down and I go, when did I cut my nails? <laughs> <laughs> and the fact is, I've never cut my I'm nails. I'm always cutting my nails. I always bite them just, and I don't realize I bite them. Like, they're always, 
Do you just bite? Always. But do you bite them? So that sounds like you're biting them within reason, rather than yes. like biting them down to where right. You, I don't you do that. I always just kind of bite And if I'm thinking, I'm always like biting them. And my poor sweet daughter, she does not bite her nails, but it's because we have you heard of that stuff you put on your nails? Yeah, that's, that, that stuff that tastes terrible. Tastes terrible when she was little, and yeah. it stopped her from biting her nails. Oh, there you go. And but like her father is just like one big nail biter. Uh-huh. <laughs> But if you wanted to, you could probably. I mean, that's... I could, yeah. Again, because you're not doing it to the degree. Right. No, I have a little like hangnail thing and that is the worst for me because I will just worry at that as if I'm going to make it better when everything logically says like, this is going to get much worse and more painful if you keep pulling away the skin. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. It feels like something got clanked down on my... Um, Did you have like... I want to get into this mash game for a second so I'm going to sort of use my your likes and dislikes as a segue. Oh, yeah. um, Did you have like sort of movies and TV or books or were there there were things you liked to disappear into uh, when you were in high school that that kind of were, were your escape in a sense? I think, you know, I always really, I think I mentioned, <laughs> this sounds, I the mall. I yeah. liked, I think I have this. <laughs> so adorable. <laughs> I, You're I, the most I American enjoy, person. <laughs> I enjoy, I just but, remember feeling. But not to feeling, spend money. No, like I, mean, I didn't have it to spend. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. I remember that you're having like, five bucks for Chick Fil A and thinking, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I have here five we bucks go. For Chick- here Chick-fil-A. we go. But it's like uh, there was a place called Shrimp Shack that we'd always go. But there was something about the smell, walking in the hall, like being with friends walking. Sure. That was like I loved go- there at lunchtime for school. Um, I was never really into movies and uh, TV. I was obsessed with Tim Conway on the Carol Burnett Show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember a lot of watching TV. I think like being in this child, this theater group, young actors, I loved going, I loved hanging out with, we'd always go over to people's houses and always try to steal liquor. I mean, all this kind of stuff, like, like just, Oh yeah. Did you get into like <clears throat> occasional, you would drink and stuff as a group? Yeah. Yeah. We, but wine coolers. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And I remember as a kid, this is shocking to me. I took my driver's license and I found the phone book and I found two numbers that would make me 21 and I taped <gasps> the numbers on top of my driver's oh, yeah. license. And I by the way, that. when I was little, I looked like I was, 15 but i looked eight (laughs) and and i taped these numbers on top of the date taped them and i bought wine coolers are you serious they accepted it and i don't know how dark was the store i don't it was i i mean it was just first of all again that's shrewd it's 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 shrewd but it's also like i maybe they were just impressed like well let's give it to them like that's like that's a pretty good. Let's technique. reward this eight-year-old. <laughs> but it was <laughs> like fruit- making him alcoholic. And I've had. I think I took a sip of a wine cooler at some point. It is the nastiest. Yeah, it's not good. It's like fruit punch. Oh, it's just mixed awful. with like cough syrup. Yeah, like bad liquor. Yeah, or yeah. wine or whatever. And anyway, so we would do that, and we'd also make each other. I don't know if you did this. When you were a kid, you'd make each other pass out. Did you ever do this? A little bit, yeah. I was afraid to faint, though. So I would, but yeah, the sort of you would push on somebody's chest. Sucks. That just sucks. (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) And and it was all of these drama kids, and you'd hold your breath, and you'd push on their chest, and they would, and then they'd wake up and be like, "Guys, the coolest thing is like this bear was chasing after me." By the grit. Well, I mean, wait, it, but we, again, as an asthmatic, had you had a panic attack at that point? Because no, that's the kind of thing I would be like, ha, 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 I'll do it to you. I'll I'll push on your chest. Ha ha. ha. 
but it was <laughs> no because I think I had my I, I know I did it was my senior year because I we did Little Abner my senior year so my panic attack was my senior oh, okay. year but we would have all of these theater parties at this thing and we would just do stupid stupid was it stuff. incestuous in the sense of like everybody was making out with everybody everybody or? was making out and it was also I remember this one night where we went out drinking and I um, I was the designated driver so at least we had like I guess I was a designated. I hope I was. But the girl next to me had got really, really drunk. And I remember we brought her home and her dad started walking out of the garage and we drove up the driveway. And this girl was really, really drunk. And she got, and I remember everybody behind the, in the backseat was like, what are we going to tell him? What are we going to tell him? (laughs) And he, the dad came up and, and I impulsively just went, she had a bad fajita. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, then we just drove off and and like he was like holding her up. I was just awful. I just think about it. I was just so dumb, you know, just dumb. But you were the one that came up with it with a response too. <laughs> bad fajita. Just- like, who's going to say that? <laughs> just dumb, 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 dumb. All right. I'm going to get into this mash game. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, three stores in your dream mall like you're you're this is oh, okay. we were yeah, creating yeah, yeah, three yeah, yeah. stores um it, they could be based off of existing stores uh or it could be just completely absurd okay. but three stores that you'd be like oh i can't wait to walk past or into this on my uh my constitution in the mall there's something great american cookie company yeah. is is a big one um i would say there's something about spencer gifts yeah i grew up with that boy i feel like i That is a, yes, because if you're there and you're hanging out at the mall and it's sort of also about how long can I stay in the mall, you, I feel like I looked at every single item on the shelf through the entire store. Like I touched and picked up (laughs) and read the back of, or like, like flap the big dog vomit. (laughs) And it was a weird weird store to this day it's a weird store but i remember growing up there was something also kind of naughty about it because they had like really they had a section kind of crass stuff and and you and you never went back there or maybe sometimes you did yeah but you'd also look through all of the posters on that hanging thing and it was like oh what's the new poster yes so that was that was definitely like a reference point big time um i mean that was basically a a a cheap children's museum kind of you know what i mean because they would have like the whatever you call them where you the the tesla thing where you like put your hand in the electricity the yes. pink electricity oh, yes, 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 and like yes, lay yes, lava yes, lamps yes, and yes, stuff yes, like yes, that yes, too yes, yeah yes yes um and then the uh, the think the third one oh man what would be the third one i mean mm, i mean i would say like but okay i would say banana republic but this is pre like safari banana safari republic. banana yeah. republic when they had the Banana Republic t-shirts and it was all actual bananas and maybe a monkey in a safari hat. Oh, for sure. For sure. The whole, I mean, the, 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 the store itself was like plank floors, maybe some fake palm trees, probably what like Tommy Bahamas is like now from what I've seen from the outside. Yeah. And they did a massive rebrand. The shirt, (laughs) it's unrecognizable. And then you sort of back up for a second. You're like, 
But it is called Banana Republic, which is kind of a like a real messed up thing to be referring to in this PC day and age. But oh, somehow yeah. they pushed yeah. past it, and it just means what it means for yes. them. Yeah, and there and was it, an actual yeah. big safari jeep in the store. Oh yeah, yeah, the with safari all the t-shirts. Jeep. Yeah, the t-shirts. I definitely had like we had no money, so it was definitely one yeah. of those like my dad had one, and he would let me wear it sometimes. Sure, of course. I can't remember which one I had, but yeah, it was like that sort of. It looked. They looked. Wash. They were like they sort of like yeah. the images looked very old very, and sort of very grayish, greenish. Yeah, yes. and they. I remember Polo Cologne. Oh yeah, that, that yeah. Really, it's amazing they still sell that. That is talk about a Pavlovian smell. Yeah, it's just like that and Dracar. I was Noir. about to say Dracar. I was like, oh, well, for me, it's more Dracar. <laughs> But it was like that was oh, a big Dracar. one, and everybody That's wore the polo reeks, shirts. But I have a very positive association with it because I dated a guy who wore it, uh-huh. and so when I smell it still, I'm like, oh, like yeah. put some stale cigarette smell into that, and you, mwah. That's another thing. I was asthmatic, but I remember smoking. I yeah. remember. Did you ever smoke cloves? Oh no, but I love the smell of yeah. cloves. Uh, it actually smelled. I've never smoked pot, and because I was afraid I was going to have an asthma attack. Actually, my prom night, they had they smoked pot, and I didn't because I was afraid I was going to have an asthma attack. I remember they did it out of a Coke can. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, I definitely smoke pot, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I, the, when I smell pot now around, yeah. it's, I remember it's, it reminds me of smelling cloves. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a very sweet smell to Yeah, it. it is. I think if you added like a pinch of cinnamon to pot yes. smoking because you want to get yes. that clove smell in yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, so the second category will be three roles in kind of classic theater stage mm. that you would never have gotten to play mm. for one reason or another. It could be that it's a female role. It could be that it's mm. like whatever it is, uh, this is your opportunity to sort of have have that. You you get to play one one of three roles. Um, oh, I would say, well, I'm going to say the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz because I didn't get it. Great. I mean, to that end, do you need to play the Artful Dodger in this match? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna do all the roles that I didn't get. Okay. I'm gonna do Scarecrow. Yeah. I'm gonna do Artful Dodger, yep. and I'm gonna do um, uh, Eugene in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, no, I'm sorry, okay. Seymour in Little Shop Seymour, of Horrors. Yeah. Now you would have been a great. You, listen, you would have been great at all of these. First of all. Thank you, but I didn't get him. But didn't you didn't get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seymour. I'd like to see that happen. That could still happen. Mm, I think <laughs> I have no sense of how old characters are supposed dentist, to be. Though. I'm like, he opens the shop. What? Do, what? It, why is that? Why do you have to put a stamp on that age? Uh, okay, great. Uh, next one is three places in the world. Getting there is not a pain. So it could be anywhere. It could be a place you've already been, a place you've never been, uh, where we'll give you a vacation home. Three choices. Okay. Man, you're going to just think I am just, I'm pure white trash. Um, I, I... I like to go to familiar places. Okay. I'm not a big traveler. Great. Um, so I would, <laughs> that's just a home. I would have a home. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Okay. Um, I would say Destin, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that would, on the water? Where is that? Uh, it's at the beach. Okay. I would say uh, Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> Why Birmingham? Um, it's where I went to college and it's like, I had, I've Great. got really good memories of that. Great. And then a house, um, and my, my, if I said this to my wife, all of this, she would just be still, she, if she was sitting here right now. She'd be like, we got, we got to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and a third one, um, 
Uh, I would, uh, where do I love to go? Um, I mean, any kind of all inclusive resort. <laughs> I literally just drop dropped my tea and dumped it on the ground in an effort to not do a spit take. Like that was, that was a real Jerry Lewis moment on because my part. I like the feeling. <laughs> I, I also like a cruise ship. Yeah. I like I like the feeling that everything's taken care of. Um, I don't have to sign anything. It mm-hmm. feels there. It's just it's everything. Just, it feels. It, you know what it is? It's a floating mall. Yeah, it is a floating mall. Do you? But on in to that end, do you get off to look around when you when you Sometimes. go to a port? <laughs> but so I'm going to say my third is a cabin on a cruise ship. Okay, great. Well, this is going to be interesting and because... so that I can go anywhere, is, but I still have my yeah, security yeah. of like, I know there's five restaurants with it. I, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. just so you know, this is actually going to... The mash, the mansion, apartment, shack, or house is going to inform what size of a thing you get uh, in mm. these three places. So it's going to determine it. Oh, um, great, great, cabin, great, great. Cruise ship, great. Uh, okay, Three foods uh, that in this reality are either too fattening or give you acid reflux or you're allergic to or whatever, or you get sick of, but you wish you didn't get sick of if you eat too much. Uh, oh, I, in, in this reality, you can have in perpetuity. Oh, my God. I immediately know what that is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pizza, um, a, a, a brownie sundae. Oh, great. And a great American cookie birthday cookie. Great birthday cookie. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be great American. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't be Miss Fields. It's no. Mrs. Fields. She's happily married. No. No, I don't know. I <laughs> How don't dare know. you feminize her? I don't know. Uh, okay. Now listen, this is a MASH game. One of the built-in things of MASH is that you have to have this alternate universe companion or partner. So the woman who would be saying we have to leave right now, she doesn't even factor into this because this person mm. is could be someone you had a crush on, you know. Mm. It could be, and it can be from any era. It could be a character in a book, character in a movie. It doesn't have to be, you know, Meg Ryan. It could be like mm. Meg Ryan in. Oh, I see. Inner space. Wait. <laughs> so I'm saying just uh, this is these a are person. Three, yeah, these are your these are your three alternate universe uh, gal pal lady friend romantic times. Um. With all due respect to your beautiful wife. Of course. Can she be one of them? Who's ashamed of you? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would never yeah, yeah. She, she would can. never go with me to any of she these places. She can be one of them. And it's going to be really painful if, if for everyone if you don't actually end up with her. But. So I'm going to say her. Okay. And then I'm going to add... Um, I mean, I had a poster of Christy Brinkley on my wall, but I don't know if I'd want to hang out with her. Oh, that Uptown girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd... I don't know her yeah. enough to want to hang out with her. Understood. Um, I would say hanging out. Um, oh man, I'm also kind of a bit of a pre- perfectionist, so I really want to think this through. Understood. I know this is a pre- weird pressure point where it's like you're making life decisions in this mash game, and you don't have any time right. to make those decisions. Um, I would say um, uh, I, I'm going to put Carol Burnett. Great. And then um, I'm going to th- <laughs> I'm going to throw in Mother Teresa. <laughs> Because I just love her quotes. <laughs> I 
I've never wanted to throw a game more than wanting you to end up with Mother Teresa. <laughs> At a beach house in Destin, Florida. <laughs> oh, this is great. Okay. This, okay, next one is three people. Uh, again, they could be fictional characters or real people that um, you sort of have like a bat phone to that you can call, talk to, ask for advice. Uh, they're always happy to hear from you. Mm. You know, almost like a mentor slash... That I can I can ask any question. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. say my therapist. Great. <laughs> I won't. I'll protect his name. Um. Um. I mean, I kind of already have a bat phone to my friend. Are we saying anybody? Yeah, this could this could be anyone from history. It could be uh, like, what Jesus. would Mark Twain tell me about the? Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Great. I kind of have a bat phone to Jesus. <laughs> but, <laughs> and um, I would say um, uh. Oh, he wrote the book. I'd say uh, St. Francis of Assisi. Oh, okay. My grandma and grandpa had a a, a bird fountain that was uh, that had St. Francis and oh. you know some little animals and stuff. And they were not Catholic or anything. And I and so I my sort of only association in a weird way with Catholicism as a mm. kid was like, oh, like I I know I, it's not yeah, that I yeah, thought he yeah. was Jesus because I yeah. certainly had plenty of yes, Christianity yes, in yes, my yes, life, yes, but yes, yes. but I did have this sense of like, oh, he was the second <clears throat> most important, <laughs> you know. But he just like God, these people that have just wa- like been through the shit yeah you know who just they just come out with these pearls and like mother Teresa, she when she there was a quote i think i'm gonna screw this up but she came to america and they were saying you've seen such awful things in calcutta and all this kind of stuff like what do you think of america and she says yes i've seen awful things but i've never seen loneliness like i've seen in america Mm. isn't that interesting yeah like i mean we have so much but we ignore just how depraved we are in terms of emotionally yeah. Anyways. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next category is just to get right back to light stuff. Um, next category is three. Uh, let's do three imaginary places that you would like to visit. So it could be out of a book, a movie, mm-hmm. um, something that you know your kids would like to go to, you know, oh, anything yeah. like that. Uh, Narnia. Great. Um, um, uh, 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 Harry Potter. Great. And Lord of the Rings. Great. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. And then final category. Let's do three. See, now I'm doing it to myself. I, I The last question I give myself will put a lot I'm, of pressure on myself. I'm obsessing about the fact of if I, if I could talk to anybody, I'm thinking of all these great books I've read, and I'm like, actually, I'm not much of a reader, but the ones that I've read, I... I just think, oh, who are the? What are their authors' names? <laughs> I know, I totally get it. Anyways, Again, yeah. it's the walking into a, a grocery store and being like, well, now what do I need? And it like, has to be the yeah. perfect choice. <laughs> and it has to be the perfect choice. Not here, buddy. Not here. Okay, final category is three things, and let's make them. Oh God, this is too much pressure on you. No, I'm realizing it, it, I should do, do, do something like fl- like I, this more might flimsy. come off the top of my head, like just like the other ones. Gut feeling. Three things. They don't have to be massive, mm-hmm. but three small changes that you wish you could affect in the world. Mm. Like, oh, did you? It's funny now. Everyone, you know, pays each other's toll through the toll plaza, or mm. you know, just like little. They can be small things. It doesn't have to be like you cure cancer. I mean, it could be that, but yeah, I think there's. Um, 
I think I one is the people that I think are kind of low in society that they feel seen. Great. I love, you know, like really having those moments where just I like it's fun to not fun, but it's like where you, you, you can see the shame lifted where you really see somebody. Mm-hmm. I think that's I love doing that um, when I have the opportunity to right. do that. Um, uh, change making a change. Um, I mean, God, I mean, it's like I'm sure I don't know if you're like this, but you'll have moments where you're walking around and you're just like, there's so much shit going on in the world, you know. You just kind of that's why I said it's almost like those little moments where, but like, chill. I mean, I think, uh, well, I work with IJM, I don't work, I don't do what they do, but I. Uh, talk about them a lot. International Justice Mission that works with human trafficking mm-hmm. and these stories of children being trafficked. So, I mean, any any type of wiping that right, great off, just no like is would be human um, trafficking. Yeah. Great. Um, and um, uh, I think um, I uh, oh gosh. Um, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. A third. I keep going back to hug. <laughs> like, um, I think when somebody is so hugging is so uncomfortable, but when you're when you're given the opportunity to hug them and you can see the desensitization, I think that's cool. Yeah. So like people that desperately want to f- want a hug but then they're afraid to ask but then you're you're allowed to give a hug like i think that's uh, that's cool i do too i agree i think um i've never been more aware of like feeling a, f- a chemical response um as just like some of the stuff that i've gone through this last year or i won't go into it but mm-hmm. um really needing to lean on people i care about more yeah. than i have in such a long time yeah and i i in i think part of that sort of checking in with yourself and being present if i'm getting a hug because i'm upset about something mm. i am so aware of the actual chemical oxytocin yeah, yeah, yeah. response like yeah. i actually feel something flood my bloodstream like like yeah. I feel it. And yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. I, I strongly agree because I feel anxiety. like I just felt it. I yeah. felt it feels there is an actual chemical thing that you give yourself yeah, yeah, through yeah. someone else's energy and comfort. And I think that's so yeah. powerful. I remember, I remember being in New York and I was going through a really shitty time and I just was feeling a lot of shame about something. And I went to a buddy and was talking to him about it and he started praying for me and he put his hand on my chest and it was just like, because it was kind of a prayer thing where he kind of put his hand on my chest to pray for me. And it was like the most magical, because your chest is where you carry around. And I'm telling you that the power of that kind of stuff is like crazy. I agree. And I think that's what's what's the most cynical side of that is that that's when it gets abused. And that's why people are like, I don't get the whole faith healer thing, like those charlatans. But if you've had the experience where it yeah. feels it is coming from a real place and you feel that physical energy, yeah. you can totally see how yeah. someone would exploit 100%. that. And Absolutely. you know what I mean? Because it's just it, for this, it was just simple praying for somebody. He didn't, I mean, he didn't have the power of healing or anything like that. It was just surrendering the situation to God, yes, but yeah. then just placing his hand on my yeah. chest. 
And like that, what everybody wants that. Yeah, but yeah. you're right. Someone can abuse that. And yeah. Think, yeah. Well, yeah. I, in the Mormon church where I had to go to a church with my mom and I, I say that like it was, yeah. I say had to, like it was miserable. It was a hard and confusing process sure, for me course, in many ways. But one of the things that I was always, I always thought like, oh, they've got something there was they do the laying on of hands mm. where you sit in a chair and like three men in the case of that church which i hope changes but mm. three people who have the priesthood kind of they put they gently put their hand on your on mm. the top of your head and mm. you really get where that comes from it's like oh this a person who feels very alone and feels sure, you know to have this sort of energy this trio of, of energy of you know like mm. we're here and we're sort of beaming you know there's some sort of like conduit that's happening i was like mm. mm-hmm, smart smart yeah. you know <laughs> smart. shrewd and it's, <laughs> shrewd. it's a bummer when people say oh they're the only people that can yeah. pray for someone or they're the only, it's like, there's just, when God did we has no yeah. hierarchy of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyways. Um, okay. So this is just the part where like I quickly get, you know, I'm just going to make a little squiggle. So mm-hmm. just give me a couple of seconds of doing that. Um, but you can stop me pretty early on. That's going to give me my eeny meeny number, oh, so yeah, to yeah. speak. So, so tell I, me when I stop you. when? Yeah. You just, t- well, just right now it's just real quick. So just tell me when to stop. Stop. Great. Perfect. I'm going to pause this. Uh, when I come back, this will be very quick because I know we got to get you out of here. But um, this will be very quick. I'm going to reveal your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Okay. Let me, let me I read just you this. visited her grave. I, <laughs> I am very excited about these results. Very excited. <laughs> um, I feel like there's a pattern going on here really? with a lot of this stuff. Okay. Um, first of all, I. <laughs> I got, you know what? This is usually the kind of thing that I would say for the end, but I'm just going to get right into it. Do it. You have a vacation shack in Destin, Florida that you share with Mother Teresa. <laughs> oh, come on. That yeah. sounds, come on, yeah. amazing. What a wonderful, and also you have uh, one of these these changes that you've been able to impact in the world completely uh, it, it ties right into all the good that she did, which is that you have had this opportunity to contribute to the the lowest among us, mm. uh, feeling seen, feeling mm. d- dignified, feeling mm. uh, the the shared humanity there. Mm. So mm. I, while I want to give you credit for that, the fact that you're in a relationship with Mother Teresa leads me to believe she may be largely responsible. She did. It's all good. What if I just started crying? Right uh, <laughs> I'd go with it. I'd go with it. Now, I will say, though, it's possible that you do have more to do with this, and I should give you more credit, in that you also have your bat phone to Jesus, so oh, that sure, didn't sure, go anywhere. Sure. Great. Uh, so you have you have some kind of expertise happening on both sides there. Now, although you're doing a lot of wonderful work, I want you to relax and know that. <laughs> in but not isolated to Dustin, Florida. Sometimes you just want to kick back and relax, yeah, and I want do. you to know that you have the opportunity to spend as much time in Spencer's gifts oh, great. as you could ever want. It's something to introduce Teresa to. <laughs> She's gonna be real intrigued by some of that she really stuff. Can. Don't show her. The, don't show. Yeah, don't show the penis pasta. I'm it's not, gonna be too much for her to taste. That's limited. Limited. That's a lot. Um, uh, you can uh, also eat unlimited pizza, <gasps> much as you want, whenever you it want. It is amazing the amount of shame that you have with pizza, but it is oh, it so is good. the best food. I don't. I, I there's an empty hole that pizza goes into that is I'm never full of pizza. <laughs> I'm always ready for another slice. It's great. Uh, you can uh, journey into the magical land of Narnia. Oh, 
love that. Uh, love and that. when we see I, Aslan, and yeah, you're gonna see Aslan, and uh, and you also uh, will have a wonderful turn as the Artful Dodger. <laughs> okay, okay, this is full circle. Yeah, yeah, it brought you right back to that Cockney fingerless yeah. glove wearing. Hey, more Teresa, <laughs> you want to go on the beach? <laughs> Let's go Spencer Gives, Teresa. <laughs> I guarantee we'll walk out with something we didn't pay for. Hey, Mother T, come here. Look at these posters. <laughs> Tony, that's it for the podcast. Oh, man. What a pleasure and a what joy. A joy. Uh, oh, it's not the end. There's What's one the last end? thing. You're my first boy of summer, so I forgot that what I like to make people do on the fly just to see where it goes yeah, yeah, yeah. is to ask them to sing any part of Don Henley's Boys of Summer that they might remember. It's amazing. That song always comes on and I do love it, but I can't immediately. Can you start off yeah. some bars? Uh, like the, the, <laughs> yeah, you really are. You're already getting there. Uh, the chorus is, uh, I can see you. With the way I guess I don't say nailed it thank you nailed it thank you that's Uh, another my memory thing uh, i don't get words but i'll get tunes um (laughs) i thought i thought little red corvette by prince was call the rest collect when i was in high school and so i'd be sitting there i'd be going call the rest collect And everybody's Listen, like, in a man's Corvette. life, you make a lot of phone calls. <laughs> it can get expensive. It is expensive. You gotta, you gotta do At it. At a certain point, you gotta call the rest. You do, you do. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, the new season of Arrested Development's coming out May 29th. Is there anything else that you would like people to know about? Would you like them to find you on social media? Would you like them to stay away from you on social media? No, it's really up to you. Um, they sure they can find me, Mister Tony Hale. <laughs> um, what else? No, yeah, Arrested's coming out. Great. And I don't know what to expect. Okay. <laughs> no, I think it's really I think it's gonna be really funny, but awesome. it's it's a it's a crazy story always. Great. Yeah. Uh all right guys, check it out and I will talk to you all next time on the Bye. podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.